clearly we all want really fast internet. So when it comes to 5G, I want it that way. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Laugh, dude. I am, I'm going to go into a cough attack if I laugh, by the way. <laughs> 5G is on the topic for this week as we talk about more phones that might be coming with the next generation of mobile internet. However, there are a few different competitors in line, but one of them in particular that you might be expecting may not be on the docket, at least for now. We dive into that in our main topic today, but there's plenty to talk about in our news segment where we talk about the Motorola P30, which looks really familiar, but as far as how phones are made to look, we also have a couple of leaks a little bit later about phones you might be incredibly excited about. And then finally, we also have some talk about Apple as we explore a couple of the features that may have that they may have some problems keeping in iOS 12 or potentially hopefully coming back in the next phone, but we're not too sure yet. It is the weekly on this day, August 17th of 2018 episode 318 i hope i got that one right <laughs> um in any case we are here with brandon miniman and jaime rivera i am joshua vergara what's going on everybody and i want to start off this show real quick by just it is going to be one of those uh this is going to be one of those moments where I, I i embellish a little bit and i get into something that i'm just incredibly passionate about that has nothing to do with the show can i just say I watched Crazy Rich Asians last night. All right. <laughs> I saw your tweet. What's up? So good. It's so good. Like, okay. Far be it for me to talk about representation because it is a hot topic with any demographic these days and everybody's stance and cause is important. It's just great to feel like it's our, it's it, as an Asian American, it's great to feel like a real part of a certain movement that's happening because there's a there's a huge implication behind this movie that just came out and but one thing i want to point out just to keep it as relevant to the pocket now weekly as possible there's representation across the board women are represented in a very very lovely manner asians of course asian americans and yes those are two different demographics that the movie focuses on but the tech community is also represented as well there's a character in the movie who is working on a startup that's more that's that's kind of a lighter um representation however there's also and i'm not going to give any spoilers but there is a youtuber who is in the movie and the reason why i was so excited about it is because okay there's that moment in avengers infinity war every every nerd and every geek understands this wonderful part of watching a movie that they really love and are really anticipating is when there's a moment in infinity war when captain america reveals himself and you hadn't seen him since Civil War, you know, all that, and you're, you're really anticipating him coming onto the camera, and they make him come into the camera in a very awesome way. Uh, and everyone in the theater when I watched Infinity War clapped and were just so happy to see him. Like, it's that kind of fandom. As an Asian American, when I saw people like Ken Jeong, Aquafina, uh, Michelle Yeoh come up on camera, my elation cannot be better expressed than just, oh my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> and... It's just great to be able to see something like that. Like, and, and I'm not even going to get into the politics of it or anything like that. Um, everyone else talks about that already. It's just great to be able to watch something like that. And it is important um, to, to, to be able to see yourself and your stories being shown in cinema because it normalizes what used to be stereotypes into things that are really in real life. These are IRL stories that were that were getting represented on screen. And you know what? Like I've never been on the other side of any of these representation causes or stances. 
I understand where this pride comes from, and I'm just really happy to see that this movie is getting the recognition it deserves, and it's at 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well-deserved. Oh it's a fun movie. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, check I will, it out. I will definitely look into it. I mean, I'm part of a minority as well, so definitely sure. If you're not into rom-coms, I don't blame you for not wanting to watch it, but what I will say is it is genuinely fun. Okay. So, in. yeah. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Check it out. All right. So um, I do want to start my check-in with uh, Jaime real quick because yes. uh, I know Brandon had a couple of things he wanted to say, so I want to make sure I end with Brandon. <laughs> okay. Check-in what? <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Check-in. I, I thought that the term check-in was pretty implied, but I just wanted to see how you have been oh since we were on our God. last podcast with David Kogan, our, which was really our fun. Our last <laughs> podcast is probably, with all honesty, like, dude, you've got me signed up for every single podcast going forward. Like, I, I I don't think I have ever had so much fun not just being part of a show, but eventually watching it again. I, you know, it's, it was, I, the conversation was great. The fact that, you know, somebody who watches our content was then part of it uh, and got to provide his own unique perspective, you know, from a user. Like, the, the problem is we all live in a bubble, if you think about it. We all have all the mm-hmm. phones we want on the table. We can t- test one phone today and then move to the other. But for the consumer, that's not the way it works. Uh, you buy one phone and you're stuck with it after those 14 days up until you're able to swap it. And from the experiences of my brother and my sister, just hearing how much it takes them to cancel a contract, to move to a carrier, to try a different phone... Dude, it's like really nightmarish. And so I love the perspective of a consumer. So for me, dude, like that was probably the best podcast ever, not just the Pocket Now Weekly, but best podcast ever. And I am, I'm having, I've been sick. <laughs> I've been horribly sick since, uh, since Saturday. Uh, so if you hear me mute the microphone or go mute for a bit, it's just because I'm coughing. Uh, so that's the reason I have to keep my voice down. But hey, it's, it's great to be back. All right, awesome, and yeah, um, I, I gave Jaime to, to our to our listeners and to our viewers. If you are ever in a, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a funk, um, I you. am the tea guy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this guy. I told Jaime, drink as much green tea as you possibly can right now. <laughs> so, it's, if I would have been, if I would have not had this last night, I would be miserable today, man. You have no idea how much I thank you for the tips, dude. No worries. Uh, one more thing. I, I don't recommend it for everybody, especially if you have a very uh, sensitive palate. But oil of oregano, just drops of oil of oregano is really good for you. But it is really spicy. After all, oregano is a spice. So do please take with caution. If you are sick, it does help. Um, all right. So Brandon had a couple of things that he wanted to say. And uh, I think it's going to be a great way of getting into our device talk for today's podcast. Yes. So Brandon, take it away. Okay, great. So every uh, most review organizations get review units, like one or two phones, usually one. Uh, and so in, so in the case of the Note 9, Jaime has the, um, has the Note 9, and Josh has one too. Um, but I don't. And I you know, played with one when we were at Unpacked, and I went to a T-Mobile store two days ago and played with one. But guys, I just can't decide if I want to spend $999 personally on this phone. I need your help. You guys both have one. You've been using it for like a week. Should I buy this phone? Oh my God. So uh, there was a video that was going to go live, but then when we swap the plans of the weekly going live right now, it's not going to go live until tonight, everyone. So shameless plug. And it's literally been my initial experience. Um, 
I don't know about you, Josh. I I have large hands. I have uh, I don't enjoy the size of the note, but just because of everything this phone is able to do, I don't care. Like I I seriously I, don't I, care. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, the the phone is too tall. It's just too yes. tall. I felt that way about the Note 8 as well. So Same. this is not a new... For opinion. me, the Note 7 was the best. I love that Brandon did that Note 7 fan edition video yeah. because it's so true for me. That was like the best Note ever. It was so Keep nice. going, Josh. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I do think it is... The, the phone is too tall. And um, the handling, yes, I can look past it because of what this phone is capable of. 100%. I totally agree with that. Uh I actually think that using the S Pen as the marketing strategy is what Samsung should do moving forward. But for anybody who actually cares about the performance of their phones, the S Pen is not the story. The story is the cooling, and really? it's hard to it's hard to talk about that because it's not really easy to get uh, the the layman or the common user uh, to really understand why that's so important. I've had literally no slowdowns on this phone. Wow. I, I, I do a lot with this. I've been gaming. I've been multitasking. I use Samsung Notes. I've been writing with the S Pen. And I've had no problems whatsoever with the performance. And I think that is probably going to stay that way unless I, like, overload the phone with data and um, the storage and whatnot because that, that happens sometimes. But I really think the cooling is doing its job. Like, the phone gets warm, yet it doesn't slow down. Hmm. Okay, and, interesting. So I've had that yeah. same experience. I, actually, the phone is only heated up once. Mm -hmm. um, but I have another story. This is actually another video that's coming next week. Uh, shameless plug. We <laughs> went to run some tests with David Kogan. We went to test data speeds on this thing compared to devices like the OnePlus 6, compared to devices like the iPhone 10. Oh my God. So I'm just going to give you an idea. The iPhone 10 in certain areas of Midtown with no traffic, like there was nobody there. I was getting around 40 to 50 down on the iPhone 10. On what carrier? I, on T-Mobile. Okay. I was getting 60 down on the OnePlus 6 because it's got the Qualcomm Snapdragon 845, so it's obviously got better antennas. It's got 4x4 MIMO and everything. Guess how much the One the, the Galaxy Note 9 was doing? Well, I saw your Instagram, so I know that you saw my Instagram story. I saw that. One one hundred and ninety down. How's that possible? Wow. How's that possible? I was like, was well, it's Gigabit LTE, so that's the thing. The Snapdragon eight forty five. Ever since the eight thirty five, Gigabit LTE has been available on devices that have the you know you know the latest flagship chipsets. But the eight forty five is like I would say like a category higher, and then it's got four by four MIMO, and then carrier aggregation, and so many things. And I was expecting the OnePlus 6 to perform the same, and it didn't. The Galaxy Note 9 literally smoked, but I mean smoked, every <laughs> phone that was there. And I've had cases like, for example, if I want to grab the train, for example, I have to cross the street. I, have, I cross the street, and the only phone that's still connected to my Wi-Fi is the Note 9. Okay, so every... when, you, when you ran these cellular data tests... Was the speed? Did it kind of spike to 190 and go down, or was no. it sustained? No, 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 was no, no, it sustained? no. It's it started at it. It started at you know slowly, gradually going up, and then boom, 190 and staying there. Wow! Oh, that's wow. awesome. That's and awesome. staying I like there. That. And so we, uh, so Kogan, you so you know David Kogan's the unlocker. He's like, 
dude, I have to test this. And so we we ran in some some of the codes where you check what antennas the phone is on. Uh, we that we then downloaded files and made the comparison by downloading files. So it wasn't just the speedtest.net thing, but ever since that whole Oopla thing came out, where they you know you know that I've always made this topic about how I hate Intel modems on, on iPhones mainly because battery life is terrible. But I didn't know that there was such a difference when it came to data speeds. And to be fully honest with you, because I always juggle between an iPhone and and you know an Android phone, I always use both. Like, I have noticed so many cases where the iPhone does terribly in network performance, particularly here in New York, and where I have no issues. So ever since I've been using the OnePlus 6, I have had zero issues with connectivity. But now with the Note 9, it's even, it's like twice better, man. Mm. Well, I think that, that your problem with the iPhone 10 is that you're holding it wrong. So you got to be careful. Oh, you, oh God. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and, and so for me, it's like, you know, they, they came up with the whole Ookla study. And uh, so I obviously checked what modem I have on my iPhone. I noticed that I do have the, you know, the bad, the Intel modem one. And, you know, so I got myself another T. Well, you sent me the T-Mobile SIM, the Brandon. You sent me the other T-Mobile SIM that I needed. So, does it work? So, so I have two T-Mobile SIMs. They are both, they both have the same data capabilities according to their plans. We ran the tests. David had other T-Mobile sims as well. We also ran the test with AT&T. Actually, we got better data speeds on T-Mobile uh, in certain areas. Uh, and this is not me recommending T-Mobile, by the way, because I'm here in Queens and T-Mobile is not the best here. So, but in the certain sectors of Midtown that we were at, like T-Mobile was killing it, man. It sounds like to me, obviously the modem has a lot to do with it, but I feel like T-Mobile as, as an underdog has invested a lot in major cities to yes. give you like incredible data speeds. I wonder what um, the Note Nine would do on AT and T in the same location. Any idea? Yes, yes. So we we so we tried out with the Note Nine on AT and T, but so the data speeds were like sixty down, which wasn't bad. It was still better than the iPhone, but not like T Mobile. Yeah, yeah. That's it was still better than the iPhone, and so you know it's one of those things where it's like okay, so you're paying. So going back to your topic of why choose this phone, so the question is, what are you paying? $1,000 for here. You're paying for notch design that pretty much every phone has now. You're paying for a good camera that's not the best in what we have today. What else is here for $1,000? I think that the only selling point for me when it comes to the iPhone 10 is the size, is the fact that I have a flagship with a, with a large size display, I guess we could say, in a small form factor, so it's very comfortable to use. I like the iPhone 10 for that. Let's not forget those animojis, though. Let me just say. Oh come on! Of course, <laughs> sorry. The animojis. I apologize. I am so sorry. Well, you also forgot the uh, fruit icon on the back. That adds. That adds like 500 bucks. So. Yes. Yeah. The de- <laughs> the designed in California. <laughs> right. <laughs> but what are you paying for here? So it starts at double the storage. To start, you have expandable storage capabilities. Yes, Bixby, I'm not talking to you. Uh, you have oh, that, that's Bixby's... a real life problem, by the way. I've been hitting that button too much. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have the S Pen, which I wouldn't care about the S Pen before, but now it's become like the coolest thing because of the Bluetooth functionality. Um, you've got the best display on a smartphone, hands down, no room for comparison. I even have the Oppo Find X here, by the way. You tilt it to the side, and it get, it becomes like a little purpley. Uh, like honestly, the best display in the market right now is the Galaxy Note 9, and so you've got the best of this, the best of that, the best data speeds. The the battery life has been great. So, 
it's not that I, I say it warrants $1,000. I feel no phone is worth that amount of money. I mean, you can get like a full-blown MacBook for that amount of money, which is a more powerful product. But if I had to shelve 1000 bucks between the iPhone 10 and the Galaxy Note 9, I would go for the Galaxy Note 9. It's so funny. As you play with it in, in the camera there, it looks like you are holding a cafeteria tray. <laughs> it's just so substantial. <laughs> it is so big. It's, it is so, it is so big. big. I have to agree. I have to agree. But, you know, to help you make up your mind, uh, we haven't published our review, by the way, listeners and viewers, because I know there are some reviews out there. But the thing is, this is not final software. Uh, we were warranted that yeah. by Samsung the moment they gave us the unit. So we don't make reviews out of prototype software. We wait for the final thing and then we tell you. And I have been having issues with the camera hanging, but it's happened mostly on third-party apps like Instagram Stories. So I can't say it's a phone problem, but I also feel that it deserves final software we, before we make the review. So let's just summer, cut to the chase here. Should I buy this phone next week? Uh, will you use the S Pen? Sometimes, yeah. Okay, then do it. Because if not, there's the Galaxy S9 Plus, which is almost the same phone. Yeah, it's largely the same phone. It's missing that cooling, which is what my point was. But I don't think that you're going to actually load the phone so much that you would require it. You know, there's, there's probably there's pro the, the, the level of people who are going to require the cooling might not be too common. So it's okay to give that a pass. And um, I guess the, the question that, any, that I'll ask anybody who asks me if they should get the Note 9 is, what are you using right now? And that's going to determine. That's, that's a good question, yes. Yeah, what are you using right now? Because that will determine if the Note 9 is actually going to be the worthy upgrade that warrants that money. If you're using any of the last two generations of either Samsung line, I'm going to go with probably not. You probably don't need the Note 9. It will be great if you can afford it. Go that's, for it. Um, that's cool. But you already spent so much money on the last two. And I, I would probably say the same thing with the iPhone 10 because you spend all that money on the iPhone 10. Do you want to spend that again for a new phone? I don't know. Maybe the iPhone 10 is already good enough for you. It's not going to be enough to convert somebody. Conversion rates from one to the other are going to be tough in, the, in these next couple of years because the prices are so high. Yeah. Let me play, let me play along with your thought exercise. You just asked me... Uh, where, what are you upgrading from? And the answer is a OnePlus 6. So what is your answer to that? I would stay with the OnePlus 6. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. man. You clearly, it, it, from someone, for someone who has bought a phone and you chose the OnePlus 6, you clearly value value. You're not yeah. just wanting everything. You clearly value value. This is not going to be the value you were looking for. So, so, <laughs> so, so the thing is, is this phone $500 more worth in features? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's when it gets tough. You already made the thing is by by choosing the OnePlus Six as someone who put the money down, you've already answered that question for yourself. That's the thing. Yeah. So if you are already at the OnePlus Six, you've already made it clear to yourself that the S Pen's not really too important to you, the cooling's not too important to you, the four thousand milliamp hour battery is not too important to you because the OnePlus Six is already providing the experience you require. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like the OnePlus Six is great for gaming. The OnePlus Six has more RAM. It's got dual SIM capabilities. And the OnePlus 6, dude, the battery life is epic AF. Uh, so it depends on what you value. Like in my case, battery life for me is probably one of the most important things in a phone. I hate having to carry battery packs. So for me, uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't think there are $500 more phone here. That's the thing. Well, mm. well, let me just clarify something. I didn't get the OnePlus 6 because of the um, value. I think that's a great added benefit. Uh, I would love to pay less for something if possible. 
I got the OnePlus 6 because I love Oxygen OS. I think it's a true improvement over Android. I like how it looks. I think it's beautiful. And I got the silk white, like Josh. I mean, it's just... I hate that silk white. No, you I don't. don't. Like you it. can't hate I it. I love the red. I, it's just the red is so Oh, the so red's cool. great. Yeah. The you, red you is can't so really, cool. You can't fault that. Yeah, and I agree it, with that as well. It is so cool. But here's the thing. So... Um, Yes, you you val- so if you value Oxygen OS, do you know what it's like to move into the Samsung user interface? That's not necessarily the best experience. <laughs> right. That is yeah, the exactly. problem. So if so here's the thing, gaming is already great on the OnePlus 6. Again, it's just if for $500 more you can buy yourself a regular sized iPad, an Apple Pencil, and the OnePlus 6 and you still have $100 to spare. <laughs> wow. That's a good point. True. All right, guys. So um, we did talk about the Note 9 for a little while now. So um, for our for our first segment on this show, I'm going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a lightning round because all of these all of these topics I'm really excited to talk about because I think they all are pretty awesome um, in terms of just like what we can talk about with them. Now. I don't know how much we want to talk about this. Uh, there's no segue to it. I will say Jaime talked about the iPhone 10. And speaking of the iPhone 10, or at least its design, Motorola uh, had one of their phones leak recently. And um, okay, so it is the Motorola P30. And it looks really familiar. <laughs> and I guess my number, uh, first, let me get into a couple of the details. The P30 packs a 6.2 inch display with full HD resolution and a 19 by nine aspect ratio. Uh, it also comes with the Snapdragon 636. So you're not looking at the highest end specifications, clearly. Uh, the phone has been officially introduced in China. So it's kind of, we're not too sure where this is going to land in terms of markets outside of Asia, outside of where we saw it get leaked. Um, it has six gigabytes of RAM, 64 and 128 gigabyte storage versions with micro SD card expansion. And then there are two cameras on the back. One is 16 and one is five while the uh, front-facing camera is a 12-megapixel unit. It does come with a headphone jack. That's one thing I did, I did want to highlight because the Moto Z3, which I am currently in the middle of reviewing, uh, does not have that. So a mid-ranger gets the uh, headphone jack. Uh, but aside from that, the last thing to talk about is the 3,000 milliamp hour battery. So talk about those cameras on the back. They are in a particular position that is all too familiar for us now. But then you turn the phone around and the notch at the top also looks completely familiar how do we feel about this phone does it matter to you that phones like this come out that's so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna outright say that it's a blatant copy of anything but you know when you feel so when you feel that a device feels so familiar and the way that it looks what kind of feelings does that bring up in you brandon go first i don't i don't <laughs> i don't mind i think the iphone 10 has a pretty nice design and as is the case with every iphone to ever exist the six to 12 months after the iPhone comes out, the industry makes a shift to have certain looks that, that resemble the iPhone because for a lot of people and in a lot of countries, the iPhone is still the gold standard. Um, maybe less so over time, but in a lot of countries that is the case. So when I see an Android phone that looks like an iPhone, I don't really mind. I think it looks kind of cool. It's kind of like, um, I mean, there's only so many ways to orient cameras. You can go two cameras. You can go horizontal or vertical. That's it. You can't put them diagonally. You can't put them um, one over here and one over here or one over here and one over here. It's just there or there. So there's only so many permutations of stacking the camera. And the notch, you know, you guys know that I don't really mind the notch. I think it, it's a cool way to maximize screen to body ratio. So I think it looks like a cool phone. 
Uh, and Motorola software usually is pretty lightweight. And the Snapdragon 636, it's going to be fine. It's going to get the job done. Oh, man. I, I just, you know, mm. for me, from a former Motorola user of many years, uh, it's just, I think it's, I, I can't say that it's Lenovo. I don't know who is doing this. I just, it pisses me off that the company that came up with designs like the Razer, that came up with designs like the Moto X, that came up with so many innovative concepts that I feel it was either bad marketing or what. I don't care what went wrong. I just know that the Motorola that pretty much got me into the cell phone industry many years ago, who didn't want a, 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 a Vader or a Vulcan or a StarTac or stuff like that? So, <laughs> so, so this is what you're making of the most iconic cell phone designs that I've ever seen? Because for me, they are. This is what you're making of it. You're making a ripoff of another company. Like, seriously? That's my there's so many There's so many implications behind it. And um, just in case anybody who's watching the live right now uh, or watching the video didn't notice, I brought out the Moto X. I want to say this is the 2014 edition. Yeah, that's the and second edition. The original. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, yeah. the, and the hump on the Oppo Find X is literally the same as that. Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. exactly. Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? It's right up here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. um, so this was when um, this was this was in a time when Motorola really uh, like okay, I, I get that the Moto mods are supposed to be a way of customizing the devices and whatnot, but when it's when it's an intrinsic part of the phone and not just something you kind of plaster on, it gives the phone more of an identity, and yeah. it's that level of design that people really crave for because it gives it gives not only the line but also the user. A, a certain identity. I even have my life's motto down here, the next moment uh, engraved on the bottom of this phone. And, you know, bamboo, I was all about bamboo phones back then, including the I OnePlus that One. Phone. That was, yeah, that was this a, is a great, great phone. phone. Yeah. And um, I just get really, it, 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 I don't really care too much that the phone resembles something so much because there are a couple, there, there's one, uh, there, there's one remark in the top chat right now over at the uh, YouTube channel. Um, Renato Laporte says, uh, maybe this is just what Asia wants. They want a mid-range iPhone 10 running Android. Yeah. So if the design of the iPhone 10 is desirable, but of course there's no Android on it, then okay, I kind of get where some people might be coming from that there's a demand for a phone that has the look of the iPhone 10, and then it's running Android. So that's really just uh, that, that's what I think is happening here, and um, the implications of the markets being in Asia and what they want. You know, those are all things that we can speculate upon. But ultimately, Motorola, just in general, I just uh, I don't know. I don't know where they have. I don't know what has happened. I don't know where they've gone. Uh, the Moto X was a great line that ended up getting relegated into the Moto Z. The Moto Z is not that bad. It's never been bad. It just isn't as exciting as the Moto X used to be. So me, to see the P30 come out, it's like, I don't know. Maybe this is the culmination of these feelings I've had for the last couple of years. Um, Jaime just dropped off, but I remember him telling me something very interesting. This was like five years ago. Uh, it had to do with the perception of somebody that could afford an iPhone. Kind of like, I don't know if you like cars, Josh, but like when I'm ro walking down the street and I see a, a Lamborghini, I think, wow, that guy's rich or that guy's hot, whatever. Like, that's a cool car. Mm -hmm. And I think the iPhone in many countries had that amount of cachet. That, of, yeah, 100%. And so, like, and that still exists, even though, you know, there are so many other great phone choices and Android phones that are as premium, if not better, than the iPhone in certain respects. But especially, like, in China and... Uh, countries that are 
more third world, having an iPhone or even something that looks like an iPhone and isn't an iPhone is something that people respect. Yeah, and it's clearly something that they respond to. Yep. So that's the reason why we see it a lot more. Um, so uh, I also find it funny that they also have the color gradient from the P20. So it's like clearly they're trying to think of all of these things that people really enjoyed of past phones, and now Moto's like, we'll do our own version of it. Um, so I'm not I'm, I'm not necessarily mad that the phone looks like the iPhone 10 or even has the P20 color gradient, but it's just like, you know, it's, 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 it's I, I can see both sides. Um, speaking of premium phones and what what a premium phone can be to a user, um, we had another leak come out, um, and it's for a phone that I think everyone's really excited for. We have now the Google Pixel 3 XL getting spotted in the wild. So um, we're not we're not too sure exactly what date it's going to happen. There's some speculation that's going to be like October 4 or something like that, but. One thing is very clear, and it's that because of changes in Android's architecture, the notch is going to be something that Android addresses in the future, and we're expecting it on the new Google Pixel. Now, the uh, <laughs> the image that we have in the particular article shows that it was, uh, it was a phone that was spotted in a streetcar in Toronto, which I think is pretty funny. Um, it's a large phone that is not recognizable compared to phones we have right now, which is why this leak is, is interesting. But what people are saying is, again, there's a huge notch at the top. Now, I don't know where the conversation can go that we haven't gone already. Like, people are always saying uh, either they don't like the notch or they don't mind it, like you, Brandon. Um, do you think that the Pixel having the notch is going to be, it's going to be polarizing for sure, uh, but obviously the Pixel is going to be the flagship moving all Android phones forward. Is the notch going to be, I don't know, do you, do you want it to be smaller? Should it be bigger? Should it be, you know, is this too much for you? There's, there's got to be a reason for it, like, like the inclusion of additional sensors. Because, you know, if you're just putting a camera up there, you don't need to have such a large notch. If you add an earpiece, you need to make it bigger. If you add an LED notification, you need to make it bigger. If you're doing IR scanner, or a, a flood illuminator, it needs to be bigger yet. Um, so I think maybe the Pixel 3 XL and the Pixel 3 will have some surprise sensors up there. My guess is something to replicate what uh, Face ID does on the iPhone 10. Um, that's the only explanation because you don't need to have a like a one inch by like a one inch by like half inch notch unless there's some additional sensors within. Damn. You, you mean half the holy in, half inch down? That's a huge notch. You, you mean you mean the holy Mary mother of notches, as Tony posted on on the news? Like I, I literally had to make that joke on the daily. I just couldn't avoid it. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the. Sorry, guys. It seems data speeds don't like me. It's okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh my God, those Pixel rumors. Are we still talking about the Moto? We're talking about the Pixel Three. I know we're on the Pixel now. Um, that that one photo that came out on a streetcar in Toronto, of all things. Yeah. Uh, I am hoping that this is a joke, honestly. Like, there are a lot of separate rumors that are claiming that uh, that this phone is just the dud that Motorola threw out there. It wouldn't be, sorry, that Motorola, that Google threw out there. It wouldn't be the first time. I, I remember there were so many rumors of the iPhone 5, if you remember. Uh, so many rumors of the iPhone 5 being this, like, teardrop iPhone 6-style design. Mm -hmm. And when we least expected the iPhone 5 was a completely different phone than what we saw in the rumors. Yeah. So I, you know, I wouldn't blame Google by using duds or fake devices to test internals and have the chassis actually be different. Mm. 
I, I do hope that it, what Brandon is saying is the case. I would love if this was a dud because now, like, I, I understand that the Pixel 3 XL is going to be coming out. I want to hold the dud. <laughs> like, I want to check that phone out. Uh, but I, I think what Brandon is saying is, is, is where I'm going to land on this. There better be, there better be a reason. There better be a reason. And I, uh, one thing I really disliked uh, in the short amount of time that I used the iPhone 10 was that you had to swipe down on either side of the notch to get a couple of different functions. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't like that stupid. at all. I, I hate that. No, for me, because if for if I'm using it in one hand and I got to go to the other side, like oh. that's just not ergonomic. No, that's not how you're. No, you know works. what's the worst is the buttons. Like, so if you okay, so you probably won't remember this, Josh, but Brandon does. Like, you remember whenever you needed to uh, to reset, like to put the iPhone in DFU mode in previous times where you would have to make a play with the home button and the power button and, and the volume switch. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so it turns out that the button combinations. Now the other time the phone just completely hung, I went to an Apple store and it turns out that the button combinations are now completely different. They're a matter of how much time you hold one button and then how much time you hold the other. And so it's one of those things where the Siri button is now the power button. And then if you want to turn off the phone, you have to hold two buttons down. And for me, that's just so ridiculous for the sake of, not adding an extra button that does things. It, like it, li stupid. it literally takes me five minutes to turn off the iPhone 10 because I have to remember the button combination <laughs> to get the slide to shut off. It's it is the stupidest thing. Like stupid. for me, for me, there are certain design decisions that are definitely stupid. That slide from one side or the next, it won't be new. I mean, I think Android. Uh, what was it? After ice cream sandwich, Android Jelly Bean. I think it was. Yes. Uh, had this oh, yeah. where it was one side was like the the quick toggles and then the other was notifications for me that was stupid as well uh so i don't know man i i feel that we've still got oh god I, I, the notch better <laughs> better serve a purpose like we heard rumors of three cameras so i asked in the comments like what do you so i saw some like crazy funny comments uh, over the question of the day and one of them was like oh my god that thing will be like a soul unlocker like this doesn't just unlock your face it unlocks your soul i'm like damn it all right whatever it's gonna look like it's gonna look like brainiac from oh, superman Jesus. it's gonna have the the triangle <laughs> design right there it peers all the um, way into your soul and unlocks based on your personality that's what it's gonna that is yeah. that is the well and let's see i mean it, and probably like the the most interesting part is that the rumor still claims just one camera at the back so what is I google mean, planning here they were able to prove it with the Pixel 2, and you know, um, I, I think that if they were to stick with the one and 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 keep their computational slash algorithmic processing, I think that'd be great as long as they improve upon it. I just imagine, I, I want to imagine what it would be like to have the power of Google's algorithmic processing with an extra lens, like that yeah. kind of, that excites me, uh, to be honest. I, it doesn't need to be three. It didn't even need to be two. Yeah. But if it's two plus Google's power, oof, oh, man, I'm. I, I just I just made myself excited over the phone <laughs> just now. All right, so a couple of hot takes real quick for our next topic. Um, okay, so Uncarrier 15 with T-Mobile. Um, it's funny how we go back and forth when it comes to like our advancements in technology and also how things just work in the real world. Apparently, Uncarrier 15, I don't know if they're running out of ideas. It's not a bad thing, but you can have teams of people helping you out in the T-Mobile store rather than the automated system that you usually have through the phone. Um, you're actually going to have something somewhat of like a genius bar that T-Mobile is going to give you. So you have human interaction and you actually get a little bit of that human touch when it comes to the problems that you have with your service. Um, we don't have to stay on this one too long. Do you prefer automated systems? Have you, have you, do you, do, do you think this is a, uh, do, do, are you happy to hear that human touch is back into our automated, uh, back into our customer service with T-Mobile? 
Have you even had to call T-Mobile at all recently? <laughs> uh, we lost Brand. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> let's, let's just hope you don't lose me. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, I don't know. It's I hate talking. I hate dealing with machines. Just because mm-hmm. they ask so many questions. Uh, like a human most of the time understands what I need with just one phrase or one question. So I am just completely against automation, honestly. Like I hate going to counters. Uh, I hate going to counters, for example, when I'm traveling and have a machine be me having to deal with a machine. Like I, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to be offered more miles. I don't want to be, I, I don't care. And that's the problem with machines that it's like if these companies use these machines to also sell you things. And I don't care about these things. I just, I walked in for something specific. I want to leave with what I need and that's it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so Brandon, uh, do you prefer talking to a human? <laughs> I feel like it's an easy question to answer, right? Like, <laughs> um, I prefer talking to whatever is the most efficient and whatever saves me time. And last I checked, um, human beings have certain weaknesses. And so (laughs) I, you know, I'm cool with the machines. Brandon is just, he he basically said he would prefer to stay in the Matrix. He just said that right now. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Anderson. guy in the movie. Exactly. (laughs) Mr. Anderson. All right, so we're going to call Brandon an agent going forward. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Okay, so uh, it's a little bit like a genius bar, especially over the phone. Obviously, when you go to a T-Mobile place, there's no automation there. It's not like going to McDonald's and you have to order on a machine, which, by the way, is becoming a thing, apparently. So who knows? Maybe this will be implemented in more places like T-Mobile in the future. But for now, this is just talking to humans on the phone rather than an automated system. So that whole genius bar uh, reference, well... There are a couple of things that Apple is doing right now where a lot of users might be asking of their Genius Bar, what is going on? Uh, iOS 12, uh, it introduced a feature in FaceTime where you can have groups of people in FaceTime. I still personally think this is incredulous how you can have up to 32 people in any one FaceTime call, but it's limited to four at the moment. However, what they did was they took the feature out of iOS 12 uh, only to have it come out a little bit later on. It's not a canceled feature. It's still going to come. It's just going to take a little bit longer for them to work out the kinks. Do you use FaceTime, guys? I FaceTime with the kids, and that's about it. Okay. I use FaceTime for for family things. But you know what's weird? If you look around you, and it kind of reminds me of the Nextel days, people use FaceTime as if it or just a phone call. They're walking down the street FaceTiming. They're like in, they're in like, um, they're in Walmart FaceTiming, like so everyone can <laughs> see. It's just like, it's like this cultural thing where everyone's using FaceTime instead of phone calls. And it's very, very public. Now, yeah, the, the, I mean. The other day, Nicki Minaj was in Bryant Park and everybody was FaceTime to show that they were there with just <laughs> watching her. That's cool. Uh, I, I don't think that was a that wasn't a reason to go crazy, but I guess some people like her music. She's pretty cool. popular. I understand we tend to uh, gravitate to Hangouts on Air and also you just YouTube in general when it comes to our video versions of the podcast. Do you think we could ever do like a FaceTime version of the podcast? Oh, <laughs> I think that'd be pretty funny. It'd be too too be low resolution and uh, probably not reliable enough. But maybe, maybe, maybe try. Maybe so. Um, okay, so you guys were talking a little bit earlier about how the iPhone X is missing like buttons in particular. Well, this is this is one of the gripes that I had with the iPhone X as well when I was using it. Um, I miss my Touch ID, 
and it has not been the case with the iPhone 10. Like you want to have, that's the other thing about, we were talking about the Note 9 earlier. It has every measure of biometric that you can ask for, at least for now. So you can use any one of them. You can stack them if you wanted to, and you can use any one of them at any given point. I tend to use the fingerprint reader as much as possible, but if the phone is on the wireless charger pointing up at me, I hit the power button, it recognizes my face, I'm good to go. I love that. However, with the iPhone 10, it's only the Face ID, and um, I, this is a real thing. I, I, people can make fun of me all they want, but I used to get really annoyed with the iPhone 10 when I would be brushing my teeth and I want to look at my phone. And because I'm brushing my teeth and it occludes my face, <laughs> I can't get into my phone, and I really hated there that. Are so, so that's why there I, are so many scenarios where Face ID doesn't work. Exactly. So Touch ID would have been great. And apparently Touch ID might be coming back thanks to yet another little leak that we're looking at here. Um, and uh, whatever version Touch ID might come back as is still kind of up in the air. But number one, the question is, wouldn't you be happy to have Touch ID return? Let me ask you this. What specific scenarios is it that you want a Touch ID to work? Because if you think of it, it's mostly whenever you need to pay attention to something else, like brushing your teeth. Or driving. <laughs> or driving. Those are the cases where, where Face ID becomes annoying. And this is not me trying to defend Face ID. Uh, mm. I prefer Touch ID a million times over a way to unlock my phone with my face. Uh, but then again, if you're in New York City, it is cold AF and you're wearing gloves, you appreciate a way to unlock your phone without having to take your gloves off. That's true. The scenarios are definitely different based upon like where you are, like how you use your phone and what scenarios you find yourself in. I don't know. Like, you know me, I'm the Blackberry guy. I want tactile feedback. You know, I don't want to just stare at my phone and hope it does something. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my one. One of thing. the, Brandon? one of the worst, uh, the worst scenarios is for, for me, it's very common. It's phone on table. Cannot unlock iPhone mm. 10 unless you're like, you position your head over it. Like, it's just, like, the funniest acrobatics ever. You look down at it, and then, like, you know, your your your, your second chin kind of pops out. Yeah, so then it's like, oh, wait, that's not you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but apparently on this one, the fingerprint sensor might be embedded in the screen. So maybe that particular situation is going to be mitigated by what hopefully Apple is going to innovate on if Touch ID does return. So. I'm not going to lie. I guess what I like the most about Face ID is actually not Face ID per se, but how Apple uses it, where mm -hmm. your notifications are not visible or readable unless you unlock, unless the phone sees you. And so the phone detects that it's you, and then your notifications become readable. And then you decide if you want to unlock the phone or not. That, for me, is the most genius thing that I wish every phone did. It's Sometimes smart. you just want to look at your lock screen. You don't want to... You don't want to dive into the phone and then look for the notification. You just want to read it from the notification. But if you've got like a psycho girlfriend or psycho <laughs> boy, you know, whatever it is, you don't want your notifications on your lock screen. And therefore, it just adds an extra hurdle where on, on Face ID, you don't have to deal with any of that. You just, it's not until it sees you that it shows you what you want to see. Jaime's got, Jaime's I, got a high I did kind of like that. That was a nice touch. I, I, I will admit that that was kind of cool where I looked at it and then it gave, and then once it recognized it was me, it gave me the info I wanted. I, I did, I did kind of like that. I'm not, I, I, I kind of with you there. That's cool. I wish that Android had that. That's part of a video that I'm, I'm uh, part of one of the videos that I'm working on, by the way. Uh, it's just that, like, I wish that Android had that because for me, it's like one of the coolest things in iOS. Mm, fair. It is good. Um, Okay, so for our final one in this new segment, then we'll take a quick break uh, to pay some bills. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, apparently Xiaomi. By the way, Xiaomi, S-H, 
Okay, so not Xiaomi, not Xiaomi, Xiaomi. I got a, I got a, uh, I got a lecture from uh, one of my good friends, uh, Chai Lazaro, over at Gadget Match. She's a great friend. Uh, she gave me, uh, she's 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 like the for she's like an expert on how to pronounce it. So Xiaomi. So shout out to you, Chai. Uh, apparently, they're pulling like an honor right now with a new brand called Poco. So what we have here is a leak of a phone called the Pocophone F1. And over in India, where it is apparently going to be launched on August 22nd, uh, someone has already unboxed it. And uh, you know what? I have to say, there's a, I'm excited to see what Xiaomi can do with a brand that potentially will have the... Um, because if there's one thing that we know about Xiaomi, it's that they've been able to make premium phones for prices that are actually pretty accessible. It's kind of a mark of their Chinese of their Chinese brands. This one's going into India. They already have a strong foothold in parts of uh, in other parts of Asia, including India. And I think they have a little bit of a foothold in uh, in Europe right now. After after all, they did move into that market within the last year. Um, quick thoughts on what could possibly be called the Poco F1. They call it the Master of Speed because apparently it comes with the Snapdragon 845. And uh, let's see here. What else did they say? Um, dual rear cameras. Uh, the design, at least in my estimation, looks a little bit. It's more utilitarian than anything else. It's not the. It's not the prettiest looking phone. And the price, according uh, to GSM Marina, I think is what they said, was uh, it was going to be about the equivalent of five hundred dollars. So yet another phone that might undercut the super expensive flagships we have right now. How do we feel about this? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I I guess I like the strategy of. I love the strategy of Xiaomi. Like how they make money through services and not through phones. Like, mm -hmm. I find that to be fascinating. I love devices like the Mi Mix 2S. It's not my favorite phone, but it's just so cheap and so well made. You know, yeah. it's just shocking. Uh, I love that. I love examples like that. I guess the only thing that I didn't like about the rumors is where'd they come up with the name? Like Poco Phone, because Poco <laughs> in Spanish means, means little. Small, right? Like, it, it means you're getting, you're, you're getting very little. Uh, and so I think that they should have thought out the name better if that's a true <laughs> thing. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I don't care if that thing is called literal, literally, if it costs 300 bucks, 400 bucks. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the suggested price of 500 was a conversion from lay, which I believe is, uh, I don't know which currency that is, but that's, uh, that, that is what's oh, projected. Lei is, not... lei is Romanian currency. Oh, there you oh. go. So, um, 1999 lei. So that's about $500 apparently to, according yeah. to your guys's article. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. I would love to say when, when there are offshoot brands, typically there's a little bit more value for value for what you get there, but obviously there's going to be a little bit of a concession. And the first thing I want to know about this phone is how that camera works, because it's usually the Achilles heel to any of these off brands that try to bring value. Um, but anyway, Brandon, you, were, you had a couple things. Um, so something interesting about Xiaomi that I don't think many people realize is that they make so many products. Um, they make a rice cooker that connects to your phone. They make an air purifier that connects to your <laughs> phone. They make a hoverboard, a TV. Um, like They're just like a universal electronics company that is that makes products for people in China that need certain products. They make clothing that they, doesn't connect to your phone, but I'm sure it will soon. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that they made clothing. That's unbelievable. Dude, like their Xiaomi stores in Shanghai are... are. It's, it's funny because their Xiaomi stores 
are like going to an Apple store here in, in the United States. It's like, it's a thing. It's packed all the time. Doesn't matter where you are. And they sell a ton of st- stuff. Seriously, like their clothing. They sell shoes, dude. Wow, that's amazing. They sell yeah. shoes. They, they do it's, have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's a and, and, and it's a it's a fairly good brand. Um, but you know, before we get too far into it, uh, there's one thing I wanted to point out. You're right. Boko means small. Shao means small. So oh. I don't know. Maybe there's ah, a little bit of a congruency there. Yeah. So uh, I, I just remembered that right now. That Shao it means small. I forget what me is, but I think it's small. Something there's there's a certain there's a certain phrase that together those two words make and I forget what that is but shao taken on its own it means small and uh, for the record I'm Filipino it's not that I <laughs> it's not that I know Chinese or anything but I happen to remember that fact all right so uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a really quick break and we'll be right back to talk about some five G ness if that's even a word. This episode of The Weekly is brought to you by Jamf Now, helping you track your Apple devices. It's hard enough remembering to keep your iPhone or iPad in sight sometimes, especially when you're on the move or in a co-working space or what have you. But if you run a business, you know it gets even more complicated than that. And don't get us started about managing fleet with remote employees. Jamf Now gives you complete control over your inventory, allowing you to deploy uniform sets of networking credentials, apps, and data. You can even lock or wipe a device at any time. Best of all, you have peace of mind without having to take in hours of IT lectures. That's always awesome. And you don't even have to pay that much for it. Weekly listeners can set up to... the, oh, sorry. Weekly listeners can set up their first three devices for free, with each device after that being just $2 a month more. All you need to do to get in on the deal is to head over to jamf.com slash pocket now. That's jamf, J-A-M-F dot com slash pocket now for your free account. So check out jamf.com slash pocket now. You remember when the iPhone came out and... People were, you know, taking photos and flipping through galleries and browsing websites and listening to music. And the, um, the commercial side of it, people said, you can't use an iPhone in the enterprise. There's no security. You got to use a BlackBerry or a Windows mobile phone. And, you know, over time they added like Microsoft Exchange support. They added the ability to remote wipe and all this stuff. And now it's like not even a conversation. There's plenty of people that use an iPhone for personal and business. Yeah, I do remember that. And uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I really, you know, I remember when I was using the BlackBerry back in the day, especially the Bold in particular, um, it never really occurred to me that that stuff would be important. And it's funny how much that's become a thing. Like, obviously, ever since that earlier era of smartphone technology, we've come to a place where security is so much more important than ever. And back then, it was just one of those things I took for granted. It's just part of the device. And I think there's there's value in that. There's value in having a phone that is already encrypted and is already um, very secure. And yeah, it's just funny how like back then, I was just using it because I was using it. And I, I, I almost kind of look back on it and I retroactively appreciate the fact that I had RIM. Back then it was RIM, but BlackBerry's uh, security, at least keeping me from getting my identity stolen in particular. Um, but yeah. I got a bit of a train going by right now. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Can't hear it. Uh, Jaime dropped. It might, it might come up in a second. Uh, Jaime did drop off for a bit, but I'm going to give it a couple more seconds, then we'll get into our main segment for today. 
All right, and we're back. Jaime is out for a second. He did drop off one more time. Uh, also, we are going to spend the next 10 to 15 minutes or so talking about our main topic. It's something that we've talked about before, which is why I'm okay with it being a little bit shorter personally. But also, just so you know, Jules, uh, Jules is not in the production booth today. His head is probably exploding based upon the timing that we've had on this <laughs> podcast. It's going to run a little bit long. We apologize, Jules. We had to sort of like wing everything today because Jules, who is so great in the production booth, was not available today. Hopefully, you're having a great trip wherever you are right now brother um okay so let's talk 5g 5g is obviously going to be the next generation of our mobile internet we did talk about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago because the moto z3 of which we are still doing our review on right now um it's going to get a mod that is going to provide 5g connectivity um it is a mod it's an add-on but our speculation from a couple of weeks back was that uh the phones that are coming in 2019 are potentially going to have 5G connectivity built in. So that would make the mod a little bit obsolete from the outset. However, a lot of manufacturers, a lot of phone companies are throwing their names into the hat, are officially signing up for the race. Right now we have Samsung, Huawei, LG, and it's only going to be a matter of time before other manufacturers like Oppo, Vivo, Xiaomi, uh, HTC, Sony, they're, they're going to join obviously, but for now it's a race of the top three, Samsung, Huawei, and LG. Now, who's gonna do it first? And I think that's where we can start off this conversation. Who do you think is going to achieve uh, 5G, true 5G first within their phones? What do you think, Brandon? Well, um, I think Verizon will be the carrier to do it first in a very limited number of markets. And the only support, the, at first, the only supported device is going to be the Moto Z. And as you guys taught me, uh, last time we talked about 5G, the antenna array required for 5G is a little bit complicated, and that's why the Moto Mod is, you know, a little bit thick and has some complexity to it because you need to have yeah. a specialized antenna array that would probably make the phone much thicker. So I imagine that maybe, maybe Galaxy S10, maybe um, certainly the the Note 10. And, mm -hmm. and maybe the, the flagship from Huawei will start to have these, these five, 5G cap capabilities and probably be a little bit thicker. Maybe they'll combine it with a bigger battery too uh, and no headphone jack. Maybe so, but there's th this is the thing though. Um, I, I agree with you that Samsung would be one of the first uh, one of the first choices when it comes to all of this, but apparently Samsung has confirmed that their first 5G phone is indeed not going to be the Galaxy S10. And even though we were speculating that to be the, uh, to, we were speculating that the S10 was going to be the first 5G capable phone with it built into the device without having anything, any add-ons or anything like that. Um, I'm almost a little bit surprised, but also not because I would, like I was saying two weeks ago, I would think that these manufacturers want to put so much testing behind it. Obviously, uh, uh, Qualcomm has been doing that. They have their own tests and in the studios, uh, whenever we go to their 5G days or to their media tours and whatnot, it's incredible. So they're definitely putting all of their R&D behind it, but the manufacturers have to do the exact same thing. It might take a while. So that's the reason why I was skeptical that the S10 was going to be the first 5G phone, and it looks like that's going to be the case. Um, and you're right about the whole Verizon deal. I think in the U.S., Verizon will probably be the first ones because they have their very fast internet that already exists, and then they're just going to piggyback that and bolster it to become full 5G. But here's the thing, though. There is there there are places around the world whose internet 
beats the pants off of even Verizon here in the U.S. So I actually kind of think that 5G will probably be achieved somewhere outside of the U.S. before here, personally. It might be like in Korea where internet is incredible. Oh, my God. Uh, in Korea, the, uh, the well, Anton was there. Uh, we, we were experiencing some great speeds on our Project Fi cards, and it was amazing. Like the internet was so good in Korea, and I wonder if they have probably the better outfitted infrastructure to achieve it. Well, it's interesting because um, before LTE, you know, 3G, um, you know, Europe and Asia had that those 3G speeds much or a long time before the United States got it. And then the US was very quick to adopt LTE. The carriers really went quickly with that. And so don't you think that um, US carriers would be first with 5G because they have such ubiquitous strong LTE networks built out? Because 5G is a piggyback on LTE, right? It is, yeah. 5G is not, as one of our commenters in, to in the top chat uh, is saying right now, um, it is important to just sort of clarify, 5G is not any one single technology. It's not like we're creating a whole new band or a whole new radio uh, just to make 5G work. It is a combination of a lot of things. Uh, so there's millimeter wave, there's LTE Pro, LTEU, and all that. So LTEU is um, what I'm sort of referencing when it comes to what kind of speeds and what kind of internet they have in places like in Korea. And one of the reasons, while we have different, uh, we, we have different radios and bands and different speeds here in the U.S. Uh, that range from the different carriers, you're right that there's that ubiquity uh, with carriers like AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon. Um, and they are spearheading the development of 5G. But the reason why I feel like it's it, it gets a little bit tough is because you do have to marry all of these different speeds and different bands together. And we haven't even perfected our LTE that exists now. True. Which is kind of my point. Uh, and meanwhile, I mean, it's internet's so much better in so many other places in the world that what if the development of the 5G that we're doing here in the U.S. was sort of, what if a test market was created out in a different place uh, outside of the U.S. where the infrastructure actually has that perfect? I, I don't want. I, I hesitate to to use the word perfected, but much better LTE than what we have here. Is what I'm saying. Which, which I guess isn't that difficult because you still have rural, rural. That's a hard word to say. Rural <laughs> areas in the United States that don't have, don't have LTE, don't even have 3G, don't even have um, broadband connectivity because there's so much, you know, open space in such a large part of the country. Whereas, like in Korea, it's just more compacted in terms of population, and it's easier to. You know, put up a smaller number of, in a smaller amount of infrastructure to reach the population. I agree with that, and that's the reason why uh, Verizon is probably going to be where it really comes in because Verizon actually has the right speeds, and they actually cover those rural. You're right; it's a hard word. It is. Rural <laughs> areas, um, and uh, you're you're totally right about that. And I think I think that is the reason why Verizon will be the first carrier for sure. But as far as the first phone. There is an announcement that did come out. This is our final story in terms of 5G, and we can kind of mold it all together. Apparently, Sprint is going to be holding, or rather carrying, the LG G8. And it's and LG, LG and Sprint together are making the claim that the LG G8 
potentially whatever the next LG smartphone is going to be on Sprint is going to be the first 5G smartphone. So potentially LG might actually be able to make it happen. It's coming in the first half of 2019, which is what this graphic shows. Uh, and perhaps Sprint is going to be the one, but I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to throw shade at anybody or anything like that. It's just I don't really feel like Sprint's going to, if they get the first 5G phone, I don't think it's going to be great. <laughs> like I would sooner think that Verizon will do a better job of implementing 5G than Sprint would because the coverage is different. Uh, I've never had a good time with Sprint personally myself. So yes, you can say that technically you got the first 5G phone, but is it going to be a great 5G phone? I'm not too sure about and that. And will it be Sprint or T-Mobile is the question. True. Uh, T-Mobile has a much wider net. Um, that's true. Uh, Jaime just got back, by the way. Um, uh, there's a much wider net for uh, for T-Mobile. But I think, uh, and by the way, to bring you up to speed, Jaime, um, we did agree, Brandon and I at least, and you can tell us what you think, that as far as carriers are concerned, because right now LG is claiming they will be the first 5G smartphone. However, as far as good first 5G carrier is concerned, we think that Verizon will probably be the the, the, the place where it happens. God. So Verizon has got the tools. I think that they've got like the strongest partnership with Qualcomm as well. And Qualcomm's uh, like everything that they've already prepared for 5G is like probably the most top notch. I just I think that Sprint is going to use pretty much the same technology. And it's I'm shocked because the rumors are that the Galaxy S10 is not bringing 5G. Right. Exactly. Uh, we did, we did touch upon that a little. Yeah. yeah even if there is a, a chip already designed for it, Exynos they're not bringing it those are just rumors the cool thing is that they said that they're doing it uh if they said that they're doing it that's great you know what the problem is when they say when they say things like in the first half of 2019 so there are six months i mean it could happen (laughs) on on literally may 29 uh yeah that's far you know we'll don't forget that uh one of the reasons that verizon and at&t were first with lte and t-mobile and sprint were behind was because of financial resources, because those are the top two carriers in the country. They had access to the yeah. most capital, the, the many billions of dollars required to uh, change towers and upgrade infrastructure. So it, it just it, it just makes a lot of sense that Verizon f- would, be, would be first, followed maybe by AT&T, and the T-Mobile Sprint would get to 5G when they could do it. Wait a second. What do you mean? I mean, what are you talking about? Remember, Sprint was first with WiMAX. Oh, wait. Was that L? <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't yeah, count. See, <laughs> and, this was, and this was the point that I was making a little bit earlier, is that like the reason why I'm skeptical about 5G actually being as viable as we hope it will be, at least for now, is because we haven't even... I've, I said this two weeks ago. We haven't perfect... We have not gotten anywhere close to perfecting LTE as it stands right now in the U.S., which is why I get that in the U.S., our development and our R&D is being put towards 5G as it should be, you know, because these are the companies that are trying to spearhead it, uh, like Qualcomm. However, there are so many markets in the world, and even one of our users in the in the chat right now, Renato Laporte, um, is already saying that even T-Mobile in the Netherlands is already preparing its network with LTE Pro 13. And... There are markets outside of the U.S. that already have LTE that is just killing it right now. Like uh, Honduras, for, shoot, yep, Honduras has better LTE than the United States. I'll tell you that. Really? Much. Wow. There like, you go. Romania and, uh, is insane. 
Yeah, I know Estonia is amazing. Uh, I I talked about how Anton and I, when we were in Korea together, we were getting great speeds on all of the uh, all of the LTE that we're using on mobile networks. And you know, it, a part of me wonders, like, if you really want to develop 5G in a certain manner uh, to really get a good test market for it, why not go outside of the U.S. to really perfect that? Because the U.S. is obviously like the wild west when it comes to LTE and networks. You the, know, the so big, the, the biggest problem is I one of the things that I've learned about the United States is like they're like yes. We have the best metro system in the world. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> the, the, the biggest problem is when you, when you, when you, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people here in New York that have never left New York, and that's a problem because you go to Barcelona and the metro in Barcelona, Berlin are million times better than this. Like, at least you know at what time the train's going to pass and what stops it's going to make. Like, and so that's the biggest problem with mobile carriers. They feel that they're the best. This is the most expensive data in the world, I believe, without a doubt. Like, it's hilarious when they're like, yes, and it's just a hundred. Like, even even Wi-Fi in this country is insanely, stupidly expensive, and it's mm -hmm. not the best there is. And so I do understand that the United States has a lot of difficulties when it comes to infrastructure. Let's just start by the fact that it's easier to place, to bring great LTE to Romania because the country is about the size of Texas. And so if, if, yeah. if, we, if we are fair to the United States, we have a huge problem when it comes to infrastructure and it's called size. This country is larger than Europe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just, that's just the way it is. If all you have is one major airport, it's easier to serve, you know, international flights. If all you have is a country the size of Spain or the size of France, it's easier. In the United States, it is so much difficult because, and then you've got like very densely populated cities and cities that are, that have nothing, Yeah, you know? And so that's the biggest problem with the United States. Like I get it. Uh, but I do agree the United States needs to leave. But at the same time, I feel that the implementation of 5G is going to be easier than the implementation of LTE because LTE required like a completely different infrastructure, whereas yeah, 5G indeed. is like an antenna that lives on top of LTE. Like 5G without LTE can't live. Like 5G and R has no, it does not exist without LTE. And so the, I guess the pitch with 5G is we are creating a spectrum that lives on LTE, but the idea is to pull people off of LTE in order for the people that remain on LTE that won't upgrade their phones immediately to have better, better data speed. So I guess the, the pitch that companies like Qualcomm are making is tell you what guys don't invest on any more LTE. 5G is going to be your solution because we're going to pull people out of, out of LTE through 5G. So I get that. We'll see if it works. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see where that goes. Um, I I was telling Brandon just just just, uh, just so that you're up to speed, Jaime, that I'm not surprised that the S10 is not going to be it. Like I, I was the one that speculated two weeks ago that uh, these manufacturers are going to have to like make sure that it works the way they want it to. And I just don't think that the next generation is going to be it, which is why it's great to be first. But if it's not good, it's not going to be the case. Yeah, like I mean, and, the essential phone brought the notch first, but when the iPhone 10 did it, everyone talked about the iPhone 10. Yeah, so <laughs> and these and, the, well, and these these hardware companies are desperately going to want to promote something new to finally get all those people to upgrade that haven't. And like, they're probably making the commercials now, the 5G Galaxy S11, and oh. and they're not going to do it with the S10 because people are going to be like, I'm still not going to upgrade because there's no 5G in my area, and so I think. They want to wait a little while longer until 5G is more pervasive so they can put their marketing dollars into promoting this new, awesome, high-tech 
feature. That is a good mm-hmm. point. If you think about it, like there's a reason why I still haven't invested in a 4K TV. Like if I get a yeah. unit, then that's cool, but I won't buy it just because what is it that gets streamed? We don't get streamed 4K. So unless you all, yeah. buy 4K content, you're not really consuming it yet. Yeah. So well, you know, what's the point of seeing a pixelated image right now just because I want the latest TV for not the latest content? There's a lot of mm-hmm. um, totally unrelated. There's a lot of really good 4K Netflix content. Um, YouTube content is really good, and 4K TVs, the newer ones, do a really good job at upscaling 1080p to not 4K, but it doesn't look pixelated. So it's gotten better. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is it'll just take time. Like people think like me where they don't adopt the latest technology because they're waiting for it to get better. And so I I have to agree with that. I I guess I'm just worried that the S10 won't bring 5G because I totally desperately want them to like bring it out and just learn from everything that's going to go wrong with it. And that way the the Note 10 will just be better because that's just what I tell people. Don't buy the first generation. Wait for the second one. And so I wish that companies were willing to experiment early just to fix things in their next generation. True. Um, They're probably going to be watching LG very closely then <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be what they're gonna do and then yeah. and then the note 10 i wouldn't be surprised you know what i'm thinking the note 10 might be might be the one it's not gonna be first half of 2019 because that's when all of the kings have to be worked out it's gonna be the yeah. last half of it True all right so for our final story today it's something a little bit lighter i know the 5g talk gets a little bit high slash low mm-hmm. level whatever you want to call it you know we i'm not that i will i will admit right now that when i go to qualcomm media days i I, I don't really understand everything, but I do my best with it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that talk about 5G once again. We will, of course, be revisiting it if we see even more information about 5G come out. But for now, we're going to take the opposite direction from our T-Mobile discussion earlier. It's not about humans being who you talk to. It's about having an echo in your dorm. This is... Uh, this is going to be interesting. St. Louis University is placing echo dots in all of its dorm rooms and... While this thing has happened in other universities, the difference with St. Louis is that it's mandatory. <laughs> there's, an easy way, there's an easy way of opting out of the program. You just have to press the mute button, <laughs> but it is still unplug a it. device. Yeah, yeah, you can probably unplug it. I don't know how they're going to implement or even, I, I, I don't want to use the word enforce, but I don't know how they're planning on implementing having an Echo Dot in every single dorm room, but... Obviously, there are some concerns about privacy and stuff like that. But the reason why the Echo Dot is apparently important to their mandatory dorm room uh, outfittings is because it has a skill uh, created by NPowered that will answer questions about student life, such as when the gym is open, how much printing paper in the library will cost, questions like that that college students have on a daily basis. Uh, And while that is kind of cool, it also kind of eliminates, this is the reason why I'm bringing it back to the T-Mobile story, it eliminates the RA. (laughs) Like, you, you kind of the reason why you even have an RA in your dorm room, in your dorm hall, I should say, is because you have to go to them to ask them for questions that you would normally have. But now it's all about having the Echo Dot in your room and that answers all your questions for you. So what's the RA's whole deal? RA is supposed to just like uh, find you drunk on your dorm room and send you to detox? Is that their only function yeah, now? There's exactly. way more that the RA is supposed to do. <laughs> what, is, what is an RA, by the way? I didn't go to Oh, a resident assistant. Oh, okay. Your a hall resident monitor. assistant. Your hall monitor. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, yeah. So an Echo Dot in your... like. Uh, um, I, I obviously don't have any kids, so um, I, uh, I, I couldn't even be close to relating to this whole story. But if you had a kid and you wanted to send them to a college and they had this in the dorm room, how would you feel about that? 
I don't know. So my kid is about to go to college in Florida. Oh, uh, which is there awesome. Thank God for that. <laughs> Um, uh, and so, yeah, I know I'm that old. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm, I'm actually able to laugh. This tea is awesome, dude. This tea is like the best. Um, so I guess I don't mind. Like, uh, I like the technology. I think the technology just, there's certain technology that, ha that is useful. I I've never used an Amazon echo. I have used Google home for a while. I love being able to just be you know, call this or call that. I love these these benefits. I, I feel that if universities can tailor into the SDK of what these products can do and take them further, that's awesome. But uh, this is just me from my perspective. Like, do you guys see that there's any sort of risk in it being intrusive or something? Well, the, 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 the devices do have to be returned. And if the Echo Dot does record and locally store audio, like... I'm not saying that anybody is going to open it up and try to get to the audio. I'm just saying that, you know, there, there's that implication. Uh, yeah. There's no reason to, I, you know, but. So, so the question is, can that, can they control what that echo dot listens to is the question. True. Um, again, you can hit that mute button if you want, but you, who knows? I mean, we've had uh, reports of, uh, of, uh, of echoes uh, or Amazon's assistant uh, literally laughing out of nowhere. What? Yeah. There's, there are a few people saying that their echoes have been have been just sort of straight up laughing in the middle of just random moments during the day. Um, Google uh, Home hasn't been doing that for me. I, I've never had any of those weird uh, poltergeist moments with it, thankfully. But yeah, uh, it could get a little bit creepy. Like imagine if you're in your dorm room, you're trying to sleep or maybe you're doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. And then all of a sudden the Echo Dot just like does something, you know? <laughs> uh, my, forgive my skepticism. It's just... You know, if if my son gets caught doing something he's not supposed to be doing, uh, I don't know. It's his problem. <laughs> I don't know. He's old enough, dude. Like it's one of those things where, you know, whether I, I would, if any, it's it's just one of the things that I've learned about parenting is if they don't do it in front of you, they'll do it behind your back. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I don't know if I want something to monitor him or not. Because I wouldn't want to know, but then again, I would rather him not be doing it in shady areas or stuff like that. So that's, that's I guess, the trade-off where I don't know what's worse is the question. It's Fair. still going to get um, done. <laughs> it's still going to get done. I love that. Um, okay, well, I, I feel like I interrupted Brandon earlier. Brandon, uh, a couple of your thoughts, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, call it on this one. Did Brendan freeze? Oh, yeah, Brendan froze. froze. All right. Oh, dude, okay. Dude, well, there you go. <laughs> so he was stuck for a bit, and then, and then we lost him there. It's just, uh, I, I don't know, man. You again, you don't have kids, but from your experience in college, like, how was it? It was fine, and I actually okay. Maybe the reason why, uh, maybe the reason why I'm 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 bringing up the whole RA thing is because I was a goody two shoes, and I was, and I was, uh, I, I was friends with my RA. So <laughs> like, I'm sad for you. I'm sad for you. My college days were crazy. Oh no! I mean, I there are obviously things that uh, there are obviously stories that I have from my college days. Um, I went to I went to a, a Catholic school though, so you know you can you can take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> the uh, the thing is that I actually was friends with. I, I was the guy as a freshman who would leave the door open so that anyone can come and hang with me and hang with us. I would leave the door open, and on any given weekend, I would probably be cooking, and the entire dorm would smell like Filipino food. So everyone was free to come by and hang out with me. So. Huh. Yeah. So I was just chill. Like I, I got along with anybody. I was actually called 
um, there, not like there was any award or anything, but like a lot of people that I lived with in college called me the easiest roommate ever. So I'm, I'm That's really great. chill. I don't That's care. Great. Whereas in my case, we had a college bar like right beside the building. And so See, was... that didn't happen until until after I left. They actually opened up a bar in my college. And yeah, things happened after that. But. Yeah, no, that, that was that was crazy. Like for me. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where and we've had this conversation with my son where it's like, you know, you only get to go to college once or, you know, it's up to you on that one. But, you know, these are there is a, a particular time in life for everything. And so this is the time for you to enjoy a ton of things and just, you know, be smart about it. Don't be stupid about it. But I can't just sit here and tell you not to do a lot of things that I did. Like it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah, so for sure. I'm just asking you to be smart about it. Like, don't be stupid. Obviously, there are consequences to everything you do. And so it's really hard. Like, I feel and I feel that we're like drifting away from we're probably overthinking what this Echo Dot is going to do. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. We're but, probably, you know, there are going to be those parents, though, who are like, so you're monitoring my kid. Like, there are going to be those parents who are going to feel skeevish about it, is and, what I'm and, saying. And I wonder if this service will allow parents to monitor their kids, is the question. Oh, no. No, I, I, I don't think they would ever allow that to happen, personally. Good, like, good, that's good. just going to be a huge amount of red tape. <laughs> good, 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 good. It's, I don't know, man. It's, I, I feel it's a difficult topic, regardless. Yeah, exactly. But it's interesting that they're doing it. And I love that the Echo Dots are so branded with the St. Louis University. Are you serious? Insignia. Yeah, they, they're purple and they have the insignia on the side. <laughs> so by the way, do you have an Amazon Echo? I don't. I stick with Google Home. And ah, Same, same. Yeah. I've heard good things. It's just I don't need another product to give me reasons to buy more stuff from Amazon more than I already do. Yeah. That, is my, that is my biggest problem. Like I am a compulsive shopper when it comes to Amazon just because of the convenience of not having to go to a store to look for something that I know yeah. exactly what color I want of whatever shirt I want to buy or whatever shoes I want to buy. And I know my shoe size and I just order it. And if it doesn't work, I just send it back. I you love that. Be an, that would be an interesting thing. What if each dorm room had the echo dot connected to an Amazon prime account? Like any one of those students could do that. And it just becomes an easy way of ordering things for your dorm room. Like that, that could is be true. Cool. That is true. So. I mean, I, I I feel that everything has, I feel technology has a ton of benefits. Obviously, there is, like you say, there are risks, but this is where everything is going, man. Like, yeah. you know, there's there's only one way to find out if there if it's risky or not. That's me. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Now, Brandon did, uh, he did drop off. Hopefully he comes back. I'm going to take my time on this outro because he does have the master off button for this cast. So <laughs> if he doesn't come back, we're all going to hang up and people are just going to be looking at silence <laughs> in, are you the, in this feed. Yeah, he, he's the one who started the chat. Oh, um, Jesus. All right, hold on. Let me try to contact him. All right, cool. Um, while Jaime does that, and on that note, that is going to be our show for this week. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. This was Pocket Now, episode, uh, Pocket Now Weekly, rather, uh, episode 318. The weekly is just as much a conversation as it is a show. So make sure you make your voices heard either in the comment sections or by e emailing us at podcast at pocketnow.com. Com. As always, you can also tag the podcast on Twitter using the hashtag PNWeekly. That's hashtag PNWeekly. Now, as far as our personal handles are concerned on social media, you can find Jaime Rivera at Jaime underscore Rivera. Don't forget that underscore. You're going to need that to find him on Twitter. Brandon, who we're hopefully getting uh, <laughs> hopefully we're getting a hold of right now, is found at Brandon Mini Man. And you can find me at JV Tech Tea. Why is it Tech Tea? Because I love tech and I love drinking tea. I appreciate now, it. Now, 
<laughs> now, one thing that I do want to give a shout out to is our producer who is not available right now. You can always find Jules at Point Jules. Hopefully you're having a good time in Europe, man. Um, and we missed you. Uh, hopefully the show, you're not, your head's not exploding based upon how we did the show this week. But Jules, uh, we can't wait to have you back on the cast next week in the production booth. Pocket Now is at Pocket Now on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and YouTube in both English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adario every weekday. We also have a lovely site, of course, pocketnow.com for all of your mobile tech needs. Okay, we'd certainly appreciate reviews and ratings on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, wherever you might be streaming us. We're available on all the different podcasting websites. Without them, without these reviews, without your ratings, we wouldn't be able to continue making this long-running show for your eyes and ears. How's it going over there? With uh, we're, uh, we're off the air. Oh, we're off the air already. I don't know what's up. Like it seems that Brandon's computer like completely restarted. Um, oh, but we're wow. off the air, so it seems that the audio stream will be fine. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it, it was one of those times, man. And you know what, Jules? We're so sorry. <laughs> well, what do you mean? He should have been here. Like, well, I mean, he's 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 out of thing, you know. So, but in any case, uh, I'm gonna go ahead. You know what? Now that we're off the air on the uh, Hangouts chat, I'll just jump into the comment sections and uh, just say, hey, sorry about that. Uh, we winged it on this particular episode, but that's fine. We hope you enjoyed it still. And with that, we're gonna call it on this edition of the weekly. Thank you once again, and we will catch you on the next one. Until then, Jaime and I are gonna continue enjoying that tea. Oh, yeah, dude. Thank you. Like, seriously, no BS. Really appreciate this. No problem. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, I guess you and I will stop our recordings. Hopefully, Brandon still has his. Mm-hmm.